So I am thrilled because I actually have a guest in my pod cave with me today, no less than Dr. Wilbur Kelsick, famous for his work with the Canadian Olympic teams and Olympic teams all around the world. He is the go-to person for athletic prowess at the elite level. But what's also so wonderful is that Wilbur understands a huge amount about fascia and the fascial matrix and about tensegrity and living tensegrity principles applied. And this is the key to Wilbur's wisdom. Not only is he wise and a lovely soul, but he really profoundly knows about the application of all that we understand about fascia and tensegrity-oriented systems and how humans being move better an elite level. Welcome, Wilbur. Welcome, Joanne. <laughs> Welcoming you to my pod cave. I love having you here. I love the cave. <laughs> I love caves. You know, in Vancouver, there used to be a place called the cave where they played jazz and very famous people miles davis oh my favorite era ella fisger <gasps> you're kidding me well let, we'll save that for another cave. conversation save yeah. that for another conversation yeah, 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 yeah. but i've always loved caves. you have to take me there is i mean i go to jazz. caves in the forest all right i know that but <laughs> we've i've just had the great privilege of walking for a couple of miles with wilbur this morning in the local woodlands and um you know when you see somebody of his academic wisdom and his application and his experience just hugging a tree. It really warms my soul. And we had a beautiful moment when there's two intertwining trees and we played this game of listening to one of the trees and Wilbur went around tapping the tree trunks. And it was absolutely brilliant because you can hear the tree that's being tapped through the tree you're listening to if that makes sense. So the one you're listening to, you can hear the rhythm right through the entire tree. And I'm talking about 30, 40 foot trees. And yet the minute the intertwining branches of the tree that wasn't the one I was listening to was tapped, I could just hear it through my other ear, but I couldn't hear it through the tree that I was listening to. That might sound obvious to some of you, but if you saw it and experienced it, it was like, oh my goodness. Because Wilbur, you're always saying cellulose to a plant or you know, the the wood to the tree yes. is fascia to the human form. Exactly. So it's... a couple of things I wanted to ask you about for this podcast. One was speed. You work with athletes who are looking to win. They've got to be the fastest. They've got to jump the highest. Your track and field event is your specialization. And what I wanted to ask you is just to talk a little bit about the goal. You know, when you get a 100-meter sprinter, the goal of the timing, the the hurdler that's got to get all those leaps done within a certain time, because, you know, guess what? We never remember who got the silver or the bronze. We only remember who got the gold. What is your underlying philosophy around that? Well, <laughs> you know, most people who look at running, even coaches who do the right things with the athletes to get them to be efficient and fast in the running, still look at running from a mechanical point of view. Mm. They look at running 
as a wheel. And they look at running as, well, if the wheel spins faster in my car, my car is going faster. And that's true, but that's mechanical. Hmm. In biology, when we're dealing with bipeds, is that we don't behave as a wheel. We actually, we are hopping. Yeah. So exactly. higher frequency yeah. in terms of moving your legs faster doesn't necessarily make you faster. And if you really understand the concept about traveling, which is what you want to do, is to be able to generate force, become airborne, and then to land and generate force, absorb it, become airborne, and land. You're hopping. And that's all comes from the ground up. And yeah. that's why I do exactly. a, a, a course and, you know, running from the ground up because it's on the ground. The ground yeah, reaction absolutely. force is what gets it's, you moving. Absolutely. So running is not a wheel. And this is one of the first things that I teach people is that you have to really get your mind off that because it's about your ability to travel off the ground. Through space. Through space. Yeah. And to be what I call efficient and reactive through that process. Love that. And and one of the things you said to me earlier, which I'd love you to say to to whoever's listening here, is that you said that you don't let your athletes focus on the time. Now, I find that fascinating because I know that time is like the governing leader of all aspects of, you know, did I do it in 10 seconds? Did I do it in nine point? Nine nine seconds, you know, a millionth of a second makes a difference on the in the Olympics, right? So, what is it that you get them to focus on other than the ultimate time? That's what you were yes. talking to me about. Well, you know, you can't focus on the time because the time changes from day to day, and if you start focusing that I want to run ten seconds or I want to run this hundred meter, uh. It's like focusing, I, I want to finish the race in 10 seconds. You, you're really starting on the wrong foot, literally. Yeah. Because you don't really have control over that. Huh. The only thing you have control over is how you prepare yourself for this. Yeah. Is that you've done the practice, is how you, you set up your posture to get off the blocks, is how you execute in the first 40 meters to build the acceleration that you want to build to get to your top speed. And the rest of it is how you maintain that. You don't know how long that's going to take you because there might be a wind yeah. against you or there might be a wind behind you that's yeah. pushing you forward. Yeah. So if you're focusing on the time that I want to go faster, what you tend to do is to force yourself to, again, think of the wheel concept. Yeah. So you're starting to rush things yeah. and you get out of rhythm because running is about rhythm. Mm. It's about breath, <laughs> execution of force. <laughs> We're back to the jazz. Absorption of force. <laughs> it's about rhythm. Yeah. It's like playing jazz. Yeah. It's rhythm. Yeah. And that rhythm has to come from within. Yeah. You have to have a self-awareness. It's a self. I usually ask my athletes, what do you feel? I, yeah. I, 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 yes, I look at video and stuff, but that's not what I, I want to know what they feel. You have to be able to identify yourself, I call it, within space. Mm. Mm. You have to be able to identify how your form and your structure moves within the space. I and just love is, that. You know, and, uh, and athletes who can do that can repeat it. And that's where the practice comes, the breath, the rhythm. It's about rhythm. It's like a drum beat. 
You know, there is. I mean, the roars, people who are rowing the boat to get it right. It's about rhythm. If I'm rowing a boat, yeah. think about it. If I'm rowing a boat and then I do a big row and I put the oars in and I pull back, whoop, and the boat is moving forward. And then I put the oars in right away. Then I slow the boat down. Yeah. I have to get the maximum. Just get the timing right. Timing yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So the boat is moving and just before it slows down, I go back in and I go bang. Is that like swimming as well? Is swimming that the, same the same thing. thing. Yeah. If you keep pulling your arms, bang, bang, you know, it's the same thing with running. It's timing. Oh, I love it. You have to maximize and efficiently use that ground reaction force to its maximum. And then you do. this is what efficient runners do. This is what hurdling is about. That's why hurdling is one of the most beautiful things in terms of somebody running a straightaway or even the 400-meter mm. hurdle. It's all about rhythm. You have to have a rhythm because the timing is so important. Oh, I, I just love hearing this. And, you know? and one of the reasons I love hearing this is because you know that my – if I have a sport, is yoga. And one of the things about yoga that gets it gets cramped into particular styles or particular lineages or inherited um, forms. And, you know, there's, there's factions of yoga. Or I, I did this training or I did that training. And for me, yoga means unifying. And yoga is personal. You know, your yoga and my yoga, they're different. Yoga could be you sitting in the tree that we walked yes. by this morning, you know. And th- what is so essential about that is that you are invited in a really deep practice of yoga to go inside and work from the inside out and not how do I feel as in, oh, I'm feeling a bit upset today. I can't do my practice. What I mean by that is you go inside and think, okay, how are you? How are you? Like I'm asking me, mm-hmm. how are you? How does that feel? Not like a drama, just like a kind of observation. And, oh, that feels a little bit awkward. Can I go there? And this is where we move into this profound presence and self-awareness. Not to ask how it feels so that we can describe it to somebody else, but to be with how it feels. And that's what I'm getting the impression you're talking about the runner that can animate how they feel, adapt how they feel to the occasion. They have to feel it. They've got to be present to it, right? They have to, they have to be present to it. And this yeah. has come back to your initial question, is that we teach them to be able to control and to feel what they have control over. We don't know what's going to happen at the 100-meter line at the end. Brilliant. We, 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 Brilliant. we just know what you have to do. You have to focus on your breath. you got to apply the force. you got to feel that rhythm and to feel when just enough that you're you about traveled enough that you can apply the next, the you know the next the next put, drum beat, the next drum beat, yeah, and then feel and then apply. That's what you have control over, and you have control over how you sleep, how you prepare, are you well hydrated, are you you know connected with your family, and and you know you have that sort of soulful spirit about yourself that you that you're not tense because we see people who are tense runners they're just not efficient. You know? That's so interesting. So what you yes. when you say tense, what you're saying is if they're they're in a holding pattern, for example, or they're um 
maybe they're even trying to apply a technique oh, to yes. their body. Does they, that they, happen? They, yes, they're trying to do something that they, they, they don't understand it or they, they think are, you know, stronger is better if they gritting and stuff like that. No, if you see a nice runner who's running, he's fluid or she's fluid. They're fluid and the, the breath is what takes them. It's not about this whole oh, thing about goodness. bracing and stuff like that. The body has its mechanism. Breath is so important that it creates the dynamic dynamic stability. I don't like to talk about stability because if nothing is stable. Yeah, it's biologic. Need, it's alive. Yes, it's moving, right? We need dynamic, if you want to use it, we need dynamic stability. We need structures that can reabsorb reaction forces and at the same time utilize those forces to create that that sort of, that, that, that reaction, that resultant force yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. to make your projectile and at the same time go horizontal. Yeah. You know, the, the physics laws still apply. You know, but they're that, soft matter physics. They're not hard matter physics, right? It's soft matter. Right? Soft matter yes, exactly. it's a soft matter physics. So, so, so we have to go vertical. We have to accelerate, and then we have to decelerate to zero, and then accelerate. Running is not. There's no continuous speed. We have wow. a resultant that then gets us to point B. Yeah. But, the, but every time we touch the ground, we go to zero acceleration and zero velocity. But then we can use that as ground <laughs> reaction force. There's the elastic the recoil, recoil, the free, the recoil free to get you back energy. up. And yeah. this is this is what happens. And when you yeah. look at it in the average, the resultant of the movement is a smooth curve that maximizes at peaks and then decelerates. Got because it. once yeah. a runner gets up to a certain velocity, especially in sprinting, you cannot go any faster. And the runners they see somebody passing you and they're trying to go faster. They're going, no, they actually go slower because they're starting to tense up and they get out of yeah, rhythm. Yeah, they grit their teeth and yes. they hold their breath yes. and they push. Yeah, and they get out of rhythm. Yeah. The other guy, all he's doing is maintaining his velocity. And rhythm. And his rhythm. Yeah. And then he just keeps going and he's passing the person. He's not changing anything. And it's but very it, difficult for people to understand. I that. bet that's true, and and I, I I hear you. I really do. And and talk to me about. I, I'm inspired to use the word intention, because I, I remember many 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 years ago, I was watching my son in a swimming race, and he was really determined. His father hadn't been able to watch him swim and accumulate his abilities, and he was like, I think he was nine or ten, and his father was there watching him. And that kid's determination was beyond belief. I mean, it was like you could see it like a Belisha beacon in front of him, flashing him forward. And he was swimming a medley, and he had to get in that pool and swim four different strokes. And, you know, he was a water baby. He was swimming from 10 weeks old. I don't know what happened, Wilbur, but something took over him. He wasn't about speed. He wasn't about style. He wasn't about anything. He had to demonstrate winning. That was his sole intention. It was like nothing mattered. And when I say sole intention, I'm spelling it soul as in one, S-O-L-E, and soul as in S-O-U-L. He wanted his father to be proud of him. And he swam like, you know, he dived in for that first breaststroke. And I believe he was like a quarter of an inch under the surface of the water. He couldn't have been more efficient. His turns were just, it, it, he, he, I tell you how, he worked so hard. He got out of the pool and, and he threw up because he pushed himself so far. And he won that race. And I remember watching, I mean, I was going demented up in the gallery. Can you imagine mama screaming her head off like a lunatic? And his teacher was with me and we were just yelling like we were hoarse by the time it finished. But I remember watching and it was as if the intention was in front of him like a light. 
It had nothing to do with stopping to think. That's my point. Yes, no. No stopping to think. No. And that doesn't mean you're going to win. No, it doesn't. But the intention is that quality yes. of... That's the initial thing. Yeah. Once that intention is there, I bet you he didn't even remember his parents or anything. That wasn't no, even on his didn't. mind. He wasn't there. We he weren't there. We got, didn't exist. He got into rhythm. He didn't hear us. When he got into rhythm, yeah. he got into rhythm. Yeah. The minute you start thinking of the intention throughout the process, it's not you lose the ability to be in rhythm. The mind cannot, can't do it. Can't do it. Well, this this brings me to something that's so, you know, we talk about this for hours. Movement is not an intellectual process. So the perfect segue to IFRC, the International Fascia Research Congress. You've just come from there. Mm -hmm. You were there with John Sharkey and all sorts of other people that are in various of my podcasts. And it was because you and John and I were talking last night, this has come up, that it was, it was such a fabulous event in so many ways. The first one in person for several years. So it was lovely for everybody to just get together yes. and be together. Yeah. And all of you out there that were there, I'm sorry, I wasn't, but I was with you all in spirit. And I know that you said, um, John said he wished there was more movement and you were saying how much you loved the, um, the people that were walking around in suits and playing, you know, just playing with the whole idea of the fascia. But talk to me for a little bit because you said there was a magical moment for you. We say a lot that movement is not an intellectual process. Movement is about applied motion. I like to talk about biomotional integrity because we're always in motion and we are emotional energy in motion. Tell me about, you said there was a moment where you really hoped that some of the protagonists, the keynotes, would kind of connect with each other and become the connective tissue that would get them all. Tell us about that moment because oh, yeah. that's what you that's, raved about it. Yes, I, I, I thought it was after, I think, uh, um, Peter Ryder's, uh lecture, uh, Friedel, sorry, and we we we. we you know, I had a question for him, which I asked him the question in his lecture, and then he answered it. And then I had another question, but I don't want to take up all the questions. So anyways, I, I went and did something else, and I came back, and he was in conversation with, with Neil Thies. And Helena Langevin, as I remember, yes, and John, had, yes, and you. Yes, yeah. And then Carol Davis, oh, right, and great. there was another doctor there. And that moment where you had three real, you know, bright, very intelligent, I see wise researchers, the scientists, yeah. having a discussion where they are trying to say, okay, I do this this way. I say, okay, but I do it this way. But they're talking about the same thing in terms of how they design experiments. And it was just Incredible. And, and, you know, I was asking a question. We allowed to ask questions to Neil or, okay, what do you think about this, Neil, in this context? And he's responding and Peter is responding. And it was just magical. It must have been it's, because you and Carol and John are all body workers, right? Yeah. You, you've got NMT, you've got all your chiropractic, you're a doctor of chiropractic. There's Carol Davis, who's emeritus yeah. professor of physiology yes. in Miami. You know, it's yeah. like, wow. But to have you with these brilliant, research scientists yes and yes. and and i well, mean the thing john before you go on is is the honesty about it yeah. because nobody was trying to sort of updo another people yeah. was just being 
themselves and being creative and being the real artist there. Because even as a scientist, you're still an artist because yes. you have to come up with these ideas. I lay in bed at night on my walks and on my hikes. I'm all thinking about research projects in my head. Yeah. And this is how it is. You, you, you want to think of ways of solving problems. And, yeah. and you could see the honesty and the excitement in terms of how these people were just collaborating in a non-formal conversation. And I think it was beautiful. Oh, I think, I think, and there were several, I think, other incidences like that in the conference, which I think was awesome. There were several. For a conference, it's not about showing slides only. That's beautiful. The important thing is the benefit. The people who are at the conference have the opportunity to interact with the keynote presenters, with the other presenters who do smaller workshops and ask questions and have a dialogue discussion and agree yeah. to disagree and have that respect. But there was so much respect and so much soul and spirit. Yeah. You know, this is that, that, connect, that. that connectedness was just, it's a, it was, I witnessed this and I've been to many, many conferences and I think it's just one of the, just one of the powerful moments. And there was so much. There's so much. And I remember theme. John saying to me that he, he asked these people if they had each other's email. You know, yes, because because yes, this tell yes, me and it doesn't and it didn't <laughs> and it didn't but his, but the conversation was so rich the yeah. conversation was like they knew each other and there was this kind of a it's like high school guys talking about marbles you know <laughs> and you know I have better marble than you or my marble is big and it, it how did just, you get that marble, marble? Yeah. Yeah. but this is the thing isn't it, it because is, it research just, comes down uh, to the question that you it's, ask it's the question that you ask and and it was just so. I, I I think I think for me, is not even understanding the 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 sort of the technical thing about it. It's a, for me. It's like fascia, like our tissues and what is the connectedness that exists. It's the spirit yes. that existed yeah. within yeah. that circle. Exactly. And I'm saying that's just one of this one of, of, many. of yeah. this circle. Yeah. The people who were running around with you know doing the the, the in the suits and they were also bringing that sort of energy because that's they would fun. talk to people yeah. and people would talk to them and 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 there there would be discussion. This 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 thing about conference is to create a live dialogue of all kinds and there is no hierarchy of who is smarter than who and who is no, not smarter. Sure. We all we, we all, all contribute. All, right. There is nothing in this world that happens without something else. Nothing happens yeah. without something else. Exactly. Da Vinci yeah. became one of our philosophers because other people admire what he was saying. If they didn't, he might have got discouraged and gone away. We all contribute. It's the biosystem, yeah. the bacteria, this whole idea that Things don't depend. Everything depends, depends on, on something else. else. Yeah, yeah. We we this goes for everything in the. But existence. this is the magic of being there as well, isn't it? This is yes. what's so important because I, you know, I've read a few comments about negative comments about what they should and shouldn't do, and I know that at the IFRC in 2018, they played they paid due homage to Leon Chaitel. We know we stand on the shoulders of giants, and then this year, sadly, we lost Thomas Findlay, who was one of the founding. Um, people that worked with Robert Schleip and Peter Hoging to create the very first IFRC in 2007. And very sadly, um, he's passed away. And I, I love that at each Congress, there is due homage paid to somebody who's passed recently before the Congress. Yeah, so we have to honour our, our ancestors. It's so important that we pay homage to these individuals 
who've come along and created the platform for us so that we could spring off of. Yeah. And we don't, the platform doesn't have to be right or wrong. It could be different now. We have different interpretation and that's yeah, what different culture. A, different culture. We can see things yeah. now. You know, we, you know, we used to ride horses. Now we ride in, we drive in Teslas and electric cars. And you know, this is, there's nothing. We have to pay homage, and this is why I love what we did for for Tom and what we did for Leon back in 2018. You know, and even when we did our Biotensegrity Congress in in Vancouver, we honored him too because he is such a a, a, a really notable and wise man in terms of bringing his work forward. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah. It, it, these are important things. They are, and I, I know that at IFRCS, a few people were saying to me that. You know, like in, in John's workshop, it's modern work. It's where we are now. We're not going back in history. But John worked with Leon since 1984, I think. Mm. And, you know, that he, he had Tom Findlay and Leon Chetel both up on the wall of his workshop in 2022. You know, that's a real honouring of the contributions these people made. And we can go back in history and, you know, as, as you said, we can look at somebody like Borelli, for example. And that Borelli came up with his conclusions about biomechanics during the Industrial Revolution. You know, whatever the revolution we think we're going through now, that was great big huge back then. Yeah. So, of course, he would have a mechanical foundation for his conclusions. But I think what we can do now is graciously include those ideas and expand Excellent. and transcend them to well, evolve I'll them. tell you something, you know, yeah. it's so important. Yeah, yeah. To know where you're going, yeah. you need to know where you're coming from. It's a very yeah. common saying, and this is yeah. so important. And yeah. I, think, I think in society, we, we are always in this rush. You know, Rome was not built in a day. This is a process, and this mm. process is going to change over time. Yeah. You know, we, we might be wrong. We, we might we, find we, out we, in 20 we, years' time we're talking absolutely scribble. Yes, we yeah, are. Absolutely. You know, change is good. Yeah. With no seed, with no seed, it's you don't you don't you don't get you don't get a you don't get a tree, yeah. right? With with, with without change, you, you you don't get fruit from the flower. It's a yeah. life is a dynamic process. Yeah, it's a dynamic process. It's ever changing, and and we have to be able to appreciate and order that. And I think we rush too much. And my mom always used to say, if you rush, you get dabbed. You know, if you're painting, for example, the wall, and you're rushing, you get the paint all over your face, not on the wall. And we have to learn to. <laughs> <laughs> to appreciate the lines and smell the paint and, 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 you know, and feel it and feel. It's all about feeling. It's you about know? experiencing it, it, isn't it, it, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And if an athlete, for example, at the start line, if they rush the start, they get out of rhythm. This is what we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think over in life, we have to honor, honor the, 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 the whole concept of slowing down a bit and appreciating and getting within ourselves, getting within our authentic self and feeling our space and feeling how we navigate ourselves through I this beautiful that. universe. I love that, that we're navigating our inner space and yes. how we move through space, space. outside yes. of us. I outside love that. that. Yes. And what I, what I love about your work is that it's always, always, how can I apply this? How can I help people move better? And whether that's an elite athlete or whether that's helping me learn to run, it's like, it's a gift, Wilbur. And I, I really thank you for, for sharing that wisdom. Well, it's getting us. people to understand that 
they are the ones in it. We are just conduits. Yeah. You know, like you as a, as a professional teacher, <laughs> you know, very, very, I, I wish I, I, I could attend most of your courses and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, but it's a, we are conduits to allow and to guide. And you talked yeah. about something about a Sherpa and you, yeah. be, because yes, we, we've been there yeah. and we're going to guide, but you're going to do the work. It's not like taking yeah, exactly. to your car yeah. and taking your car to the garage and then all of a sudden you're going to go pick it up and because it's fixed. You have to be involved. And In this the is what process, this is what yeah. I teach my patients yeah. is that they are part of the process. Oh, God. And it's so Amen. we we can go on and on. Don't get me going. So <laughs> I love it. Thank you. you. Yeah, it's so great. It's so Thank great. you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for Thank the you. invitation. Thank you, my people. God bless. <laughs>